Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com. And remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Freedom is a feeling. And the best way to truly feel free is behind the wheel of a Jeep SUV. Find out what true freedom feels like at Jeep Freedom Days. And now, financing at $2,500 total cash allowance on the purchase of a 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee WK Laredo 4x4. Don't miss this great offer. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Must take retail delivery by 531-22. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hey, Mike, what are you doing way up on that ladder? You're going to hurt yourself. Oh, I'm trying to unclog these gutters. That's smart. I had water damage from my gutters last year. It cost me ten grand. Yo, wait, $10,000? Yeah, and from over here, it looks like water's been pouring over your clogged gutters, and it's probably doing real damage to your foundation. You need to do what I did. Get off the ladder and call Leaf Filter. Yeah, but I need to get these gutters flowing now. That's why you need to call Leaf Filter. They'll clean and realign your gutters and install their exclusive micro-mesh screen system so nothing gets in your gutters except water. So Leaf Filter protects my house from damage and means no more gutter cleaning for me? Bingo! Plus Leaf Filter has an industry-leading lifetime warranty so your gutters are covered for life. Thanks, Frank. I'm calling Leaf Filter today. Don't go another day with your home unprotected. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com for your free gutter inspection. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com right now for an extra 15% savings. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com That's one 844 300 Leaf. The is Curious Soul. Goldilocks Productions presents The Deep Reading. <laughs> Connecting you to your soul show. This is Suzanne Wyman, the Deep Psychic. Welcome. Thank you for joining me. It is just wonderful to have you with me today. Please think about the commentary that you're going to be listening to today and see if you can relate to it, if this message speaks to you. I want you to feel included and know that if this conversation <clears throat> resonates to who and what you are, then you're part of something greater than yourself. The universe is connecting to you and answering your questions. So today, uh, the conversation is going to go a lot of different places. And if you would like to take and... Um, Listen in, call in, or have a dream done. You can call 206-806-9965. That's the show phone number. My personal phone number is 714-400-7384. And this is the Deep Psychic. This is the Deep Reading, connecting you to your soul. So... Um, join us, join us in your spirit, join us in your heart, but please make yourself a part of this conversation. I'm looking for my first caller today and see if that person has joined us yet. Um, There's, oh, Joy, is that you? It is me, hello. Hmm. How are you today? I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. How about yourself? Okay. 
good. Really good. Um, good. I don't know if we have the best connection going here. Your phone has kind of like maybe a little, maybe it's my phone. It has a little bit of static. Can you, can you hear it? It is a little staticky. I can hear you, though. Okay. All right. Um, okay, really good. <clears throat> Did you want to ask me a question? I do. Uh, I'm I'm looking for a little bit of insight. I've just recently left a position that I have for 23 years to start a new business, and um, I'm hoping to get some insight on that new business. Okay. What kind of business are you involved in, Joy? I am a personal coach and a mindfulness coach for screenwriters. Okay. Okay, so just you and I talking, um, like it's just like we're just for a minute, we're going to imagine it's just us, but what would you say was the biggest challenge in working with um, screenwriters and helping them to understand mindfulness? What would you say was the greatest challenge? Uh, The greatest challenge is is mindset, Um, just trying to change people's minds from from a mindset of lack to one of abundance and trying to get them to train their mind to react to situations differently. Okay. So the first impression I got was that um, the writing industry is based on a person's ability to go far afield from what's truly... um, what what is just purely imagination, and imagination is the um, in the human progress. It's the eleventh point of progress. No, that's not right. It's the sixth point, and in the sixth point of the um, human progress, imagination can be completely unreal and non-existent or it can be brought into reality. So as you imagine something in the spirit world, then it becomes a reality in the physical world. But the process of imagination requires that an individual truly let go of preconceived ideas and be free and just move with that energy. And I would think, I would just think, because I've been around creative people my entire existence, Mm -hmm. that some people want it to belong to a place and when it goes to a place, then it becomes very limited. So mm. I'm going to go to another question with you, and I'm going to ask you, have you designed a um, meditation, you know, such as designing, a, telling a person, well, you, have, you go into your mind's eye, and when you go into your mind's eye, you open up a chest, and inside of the chest you put in ideas, and these ideas support you, and any time that you need an idea, you can go to this box and open it up and take out an idea and it will refresh brilliant. you and lead you to the next idea. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> That's actually That's very good, yes. Uh, I love it. It's a, simple, it's, a simple, it's a simple idea, but mm-hmm. what it does is it takes and it teaches a person that really they have all of the information inside of themselves. So, oh. But it's a tangible exercise to connect them to it. So... <clears throat> In your own personal experience, because you write also, isn't that true? That's correct. Yep, I am a writer. Okay, okay. So, I would I would think because out of all the creative areas of artistry, facing the blank page is, I mean, it's just painful. I mean, it's just absolutely right. painful to face the blank right. page. My husband's an artist. He's a visual artist. He does um, watercolor. He does um, oil paints. He's very rapid. So he's one of these people that walks into a wedding, sits down, sets up his easel, and four hours later there's a complete painting of the wedding. And so, um, and I've worked with him and, um, you know, been in a relationship with him for a really long time. So I've never seen anybody move so fast. But the difference with a canvas, which is the blank sheet again, is that as soon as you put a mark on it, you have begun. <laughs> and, how many, and how many pieces have we seen in history? I, I, went, I went to Italy a few years ago, and I saw um, 
Leonardo da Vinci's painting in Florence. And the thing was that it was more powerful to see it unfinished than it was to see it finished because I actually got a piece of insight into how his mind works. But writing is not like that. If it's not finished, it's nothing. Right. So, right. One word doesn't doesn't complete the <laughs> project. <laughs> no. So I think the other. Um, I think one of the other things is is that um, you have to you have to give people this guidance to understand um, that they can complete it, and that I think sometimes people already know how they want it to end. And they get so caught up in the characters that they find themselves dragged down a lane, and then they don't have any way to conclude it. Right. They kind of get lost. Right. So speaking from your own personal experience as a, as a writer, <clears throat> why do you think that you get lost? Do, do you get caught up in perfection? Do you get caught up in the fact that you don't have enough faith? Do you get caught up in self-sabotage? Do you get caught up in the process of believing that if you finish it, you will have to leave it behind, you know, like a full-grown child, and go to the next project? What, what personally, talking about yourself personally, what do you think it is about? I think it's more of an imposter syndrome and feeling that I'm not um, worthy or, you know, I'm not talented enough or I don't have, you know, the skills so it's it's more of just doubting my own authority on the on the subject. Okay. So in in metaphysical metaphysical terms, we call that self sabotage. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I mean that that is the. Mm-hmm. I mean there's there's four primary archetypes according to Carolyn Mays, and that's the child, uh, the prostitute. The saboteur, and oh my gosh, I always blank out on one of her, one of her um, four pieces. But but basically, when you look at that piece of your process, you become filled with so much fear that you begin to sabotage the process. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. So when you actually realize that you've moved into self sabotage, and and I'm talking to you like a mindful. Coach, because people call up and they tell you, you know, I, I realized that I didn't have accurate information, and I realized that I built this entire character on it. Well, obviously, they just took and derailed themselves because they didn't really want to finish the project. And getting them to the place of understanding right. why they did that is the central theme of the conversation. But, and I talk to people on the phone a lot every single day of my life. I'm on the phone talking to people. And some of the ideas people come up with in order to avoid their own lives, I'm awed by. I mean, their creativity is just inspiring. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> right? So, you need um, creativity to come up with the excuses. Yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> so, and I mean, I listen to it all the time. So, so what you do is you, you talk to the person when you're working with them, and this is something obviously that's going to have to be really fine-tuned. This is a broad-stroke remark. You talk to that person and say, what if your element, your story of sabotage, was part of your story, not for what you're working on today, but for the future? And what if you just write down the potential sabotage elements and then put it away and then go back to the next piece? I mean, I assume that the way... I've never looked at a format like this, but I would assume that the character formats can be taken and pulled out and redone sure. where the whole process the whole process isn't redone. Because, you know, um, Woody Allen has this typewriter that he works on, mm-hmm. you know, and he takes and he has a stapler and a typewriter. And when he takes and, and eliminates a piece, he takes and staples a piece of paper over what he's gotten rid of. Oh, Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's uh-huh. kind of it's kind of it's kind of interesting because you know um, you can't the idea of having to go back and rewrite it and everything else I think was really more daunting. But in this situation, we're talking about the fact that 
the person has become so involved with some aspect of the story that they've allowed themselves to become bogged down. And it looks like, when I look at that, I look at it like walking into, you know, a situation of just nothing but, um, you know, quicksand. The more you struggle against it, the more it takes you in, not being grounded, right. not being in reality, but being in sabotage mode. So mm-hmm. that's my that's my commentary. So um, did you have another did you have another part to your question? Because I think you've kind of drifted away from me here. Um, I just I, you know, I was just kind of looking for direction and making sure that I'm going in the in the right direction to to best help my clients. Uh, I'm starting a a writing and meditation challenge this coming week, and so I'm gearing up to to spend a lot of time uh, working on on those very subjects with my writers. Okay, so I really want to suggest that you get the Carolyn Mays um, archetype deck. It's 72 cards. It takes you through archetypes. It covers, you know, I mean, the eternal child, which is um, nature child, divine child, eternal child, wounded child, orphan Mm -hmm. child, and it covers these um, concepts. And, you know, the eternal child, of course, is Peter Pan, but all of these Mm -hmm. archetypes are taught to us through the stories. Right, that's how we learn uh, about that. Right. So those are like kind of like little prompting pieces. So just a personal okay. remark between you and I, okay? There's mm-hmm. some part of you that's very impatient with yourself at the moment. You're very impatient. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, right on. <laughs> well, um, you know. Um, Impatience, they say, has an aspect of fear because if you're trying to push or rush your way through it, it's because you don't trust the process to unfold. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, but are you on the right path? Yes. By the time we get to June, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get some of the solid um, feedback, answers, checks, contracts that you need, June. The next Great. thing is, is that, awesome. um, oh, good. And then the next thing is, is that I think you need to take and um, you have a four-way balance in your process. You have it divided into four pieces. But I think that I'd really like to see you spend some time working on a dream board, putting up a vision board, and working on that part of the project. Oh, that's a great idea. I can do yeah. that. So. Okay, really good. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome to call. You're welcome. You're welcome to call me anytime. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Suzanne. You're very welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, um, great conversation. I'm trying to, I'm trying to take and cover a diverse audience today, and I'm trying to put it together. Um, differently. I'm trying to put it together in such a way that I reach more people, I carry more interests, and that um, as you listen to this, you know, you find how you relate to each person, even if it isn't exactly your story, it gives you greater understanding. So I'm ready for my next caller. Let's see if we have my next caller available to join me. Hi, Suzanne. Emily, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Really good. Really, really good. Um, so I always love talking to you, so I'm excited. <laughs> um, well, thank you very much. That's very, very kind of you. Um, first of all, you're incredibly, um, incredibly smart, incredibly talented, um, you have an entire world in front of you today, and um, I was kind of hoping. My daughter says I'm going to have to rename my show after after you share with us, but I'm not re- renaming my show. Um, <laughs> Why did you talk- say that? Because I brought different people on to talk about um, their journey to Africa, but your yes. journey to Africa is so different. Um, really? Okay, so you're planning you're planning on getting your doctorate in what area? 
Um, so it would be in pharmacology is the program I'm looking at going into, um, but eventually um, focusing on like neuro, neuro aspects of it. Um, so neuropharmacology and then beyond that, just neuroscience as well. Excellent. What an incredibly mm-hmm. brilliant mind. Really, really nice. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so not talking about like the, um, you know, some of the reasons that led you to go to Africa, but can you like share your story of what happened in Africa? You went there as part of the Peace Corps, is that right? Yes. Okay, just talk about it for just, you know, five minutes, three minutes, I guess. Three minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I joined the Peace Corps, and um, I went as a health volunteer, so I was doing HIV work in the rural villages, um, and I I was really excited and looking forward to it because um, my best friend had passed away the year before, um, and so it was kind of like I just needed time to reflect and figure out who I was, and it's aligned with what I wanted to do because it was still in the health field, um, but it would give me two years to just kind of serve a different community, to learn, to travel. I had never been out of the country before. Um, And I did, I got all of those things. Um, I came back with an unbelievable perspective change and gratitude and compassion that I've never experienced before. But what I didn't realize before going um, was my own personal, I guess, demons that were inside. And I, it took me being alone um, and isolated um, and being with people of a different culture, different world um, to kind of bring these out and, and bring them to the surface. And I started to realize a lot of bad habits that I had formed while I was here in the U.S. Um, from childhood to early adult life. Um, and I struggled when I was there because it really brought to the forefront um, my depression, um, my unworthiness, or my belief of unworthiness, my belief of lack of love for myself, and then, and I really saw where, the way you, you, you know, your behaviors when you're here in the U.S. can kind of get drowned out by a lot of the, you know, the people you surround yourself with, or the day-to-day interactions you have, social media and things like that, but when you're isolated and you have these bad behaviors, you really are just one with your behavior. And I started to reflect, why am I behaving like this? Why am I thinking like this? Why why do I feel like this? Um, and I only continue to cover up the questions with, um, you know, alcohol was, really big out there. Um, Everyone drinks. And so I kind of just partaked in it and, you know, drank as well and just got even more lost in myself um, that it kind of led me to my return home, um, which also kind of was a domino effect into like a rebirth of myself and kind of a homecoming to myself and like learning about the reasons I was behaving in certain ways or my beliefs about myself um, and trying to redefine all of that and redefine my life essentially. So it was really um, eye-opening, not only in the sense of getting an understanding of how the rest of the world operates, um, but also an understanding of how I operated. Um, And that was, I think, more powerful, yeah. What was the thing that you liked most about Africa? I mean, Africa is, I mean, basically, Africa is the birthplace of humanity and civilizations and humans interacting with gods or God. Um, Yeah. What was the part that you really, I mean... It's a magical civilization. It's in, it's it, it's completely um, alien to our way of life today. But what was the part that you really liked about that place? I loved the creativity. Like I loved seeing how people not just survived but thrived and lived, and they were so creative with how they had celebrations and how they how they celebrated life, how they celebrated death, and 
how they came together. I just think I realized when I was there and loved it was that it was just the source of love. Um, mm-hmm. There wasn't too much of the outside problems that I feel like we experience here. Um, it was just kind of like the problems were if you didn't greet somebody. That was a huge problem. Like it was really important to connect with people um, and I love that. Um, I loved that you can be playing music and if you didn't dance, it was kind of weird. Like you, people just enjoyed being alive. They enjoyed running and dancing and laughing and man, they lit- they could laugh about anything. It was the best. And to the point sometimes I couldn't even understand like, why is this funny? You know, but they just found life in everything um, mm-hmm. that was really, really cool to me. Everything, they were very creative with what they found funny or what they, what they designed or how they, whatever it was, how they got water in every way. People were just creative out there. And, and I don't think there was rules to tell people you can or can't do something in this way. So people just use their own minds to figure it out. And I thought that was really cool without having any rules and regulations um, demanding how people lived and people just figured it out. Um, that was, oh. that was really, that was really interesting for me. What a great, what a great commentary. What a, what a really, really great commentary. So I'm going to, I'm going to make a leap here. Mm-hmm. Your study, your education, your training was about logic analysis, science, results, documenting results, repeating repeating a formula and getting the same results. It was really a very analytical um, left brain process and living in that civilization was a very right brain process. Yes, and I definitely think my upbringing was very much the same way where with my dad it was very, there's one way to do something and if you don't know how to do it, then I will do it for you kind of thing. And so it didn't really encourage thought, creativity, thinking outside of the box. It was very much a wrong and right way to do something. Okay. And so being there really opened my mind to there's many ways that you can live, many ways you can do something, um, which is kind of fun to be around. Huh. So... Before you before you left left for Africa, I had done a, a a really large party, and I came and I met with your mom and your aunt, and I met with you, and you had this long list of questions about how I learned and how I educated and <laughs> yeah, all these you wanted all these logical answers, you know, and it was yeah, and I was I was just I was thinking, wow, how how's this going to work out because, um. I saw the journey to being a journey that you went there and that you really never came back home. So, um, you know, I saw it being a permanent situation, but I had it wrong. It wasn't that it was a permanent situation. It's that it permanently changed you. Absolutely. So that part of it was really kind of interesting. And then... um, and then we worked on packing your suitcase. And I, how much was it that you were allowed to take with you as part as as being in the Peace Corps? Was it 250 pounds or what was it? Yeah, I don't remember the weight, but I remember I took one medium-sized duffel bag. It it was a size of a, just larger than a backpack. Um, uh-huh. One suitcase that was just you know standing upright, just under my hip, um, and I'm not that tall, so. It, was, it wasn't that much. I took one duffel bag, one suitcase, and one um, camp, like hiking backpack, uh, and uh-huh. that was it. So if you, um, if I took about two weeks' worth of clothes, electronics, like laptops, camera, um, and then um, shoes took up a lot of space. But, yeah, it was mainly just two weeks' worth of clothes and then electronics and things like that, and some first aid stuff, and then basically I figured everything else I'm going to be buying there. So um, I didn't really have too much to bring with me. So And my I projected understand. plan was to stay there for two years. So, Wow. 
So here's my question for you. Um, one is, is, if you were to do it again, would there be something different you would take with you? And if you were to do it again, would you, would you work harder to understand the culture that you're entering into? Because I, I think there's a, I mean, I went and I spent time there. Of course, I didn't spend any sort of time like you did. You lived there. But understanding the culture, um, I think that's the greatest disconnect that we have in the world today, not understanding mm-hmm. other people's culture. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if, you were, if you were to do it different today, I mean, this is, this is an analysis process, you know, so mm-hmm. I don't want to go here. But my feeling about it is, is, is that you went there and you thought that, you know, your way of handling things was the right way. And now in retrospect, you're looking at that again. What's your biggest takeaway? Yeah, I've actually had a lot of reflection on that because when I was there in the moment, I felt like I was doing my best to understand and be a part of it all. And looking back, um, I definitely realized I would do a lot of things differently. Um, But I think I was my own problem. Like I stood in the way of myself, um, whereas I, I had an understanding of the culture, but I didn't participate really because like I let my own problems get in the way by staying inside all day instead of going outside to help my host mom in her garden and really just get an understanding of why she's out here from 6 a.m. to nightfall working in the garden, cleaning up around the house. Um, There was something they did that it took a while for me to understand, but in the villages, like, there's, you don't have, like, nice front lawns like we do here. And the lawns, the whole area around the house is dirt. So people have rakes, and they'll rake the dirt and make it pretty every single morning. And I couldn't understand that because I was like, it's dirt. Like, why are you raking it? You know, people are just going to walk on it. The wind's going to blow. But it's this idea of having whatever it is that you have, making it nice and neat and feeling good about your surrounding area. And I do wish, looking back, I took the time to just really not just understand. Because, yeah, I understand now why they do it as well. Like, I get the point. But I wish, looking back, I took the time to participate and actually become a part of it. Um, But I don't think that could have happened in the state that I was in because I was so deeply depressed and my depression had surfaced so much that I, there were days where I literally couldn't even leave my room um, and I didn't want to talk to people like my host family or friends in the village. Um, And when I did, it was to go out and things like that. So there's definitely, I would work a lot harder to not just understand, but to participate in the culture. Um. Hurry into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today. Only a mattress firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. The future will be amazing. And that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. But it definitely is It's challenging. Um, there's just a lot of challenges where, yeah, I would say I would do a lot of things differently. And then I remember specifically calling people back home and telling them how hard it was that before I went, I, I knew that it was going to be challenging, but to go through the motions of it all, is so different. Um, it's really, really different. It, it's really hard to be different out there too. And to have everything you do watched and criticized, um, 
but I definitely think looking back, I would have worked harder to participate in understanding the culture better than just um, hearing it and talking about it, but to actually like help out and be a part of the family and things like that. I definitely, I don't think I did a good job about that. Thanks for your great honesty. Thanks for sharing your story. Yeah. You're you're welcome. You're welcome to stay here on the call if you like. Um mm-hmm. the next person coming in is your is your friend. So, yeah. um it's up to you. You want to you want to stay in the conversation or you want to stay offline and listen what would you like to do? Um I definitely want her to have this experience for herself. I'll stay on the call and listen. Um but uh, this is definitely an experience for her. But I did have a dream a couple, a week ago, and she was actually in it. Um, and so I think it's okay. kind of interesting. Can you can you do it real quick? The dream, yeah. So I I can't really... First, so, first, first, line, first line is the most important part. Right. Um, there was a tsunami, and it crashed, and Romina drowned to the bottom, and I swam okay. to the bottom... Okay save her okay so what is a tsunami right but uh, an overwhelming crushing emotional um, downpour yeah that's what a tsunami is okay so in some ways the next person on the phone call is like you and you are willing to do what you need to do to save yourself so the story of the dream, even if you told me all the details, is, is what emotions have come up and have caused you to change your perspective and have put you in a situation of willing to being willing to go to your death in order to save the pure who and what you are. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Emily. Absolutely. Thank you. for honesty and authenticity. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. What a great conversation. Every time I listen to a story about Africa, I fall in love with Africa all over again. What an amazing story. Um, So I'm I'm ready to... um, Kind of an interesting, uh, unusual introduction to our next guest, but I'm all set. So hi, this um, is Romina. Let's. Hi, Romina. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Really good. So Emily tells me you've never done this before. I haven't. No, first time. So I'm very excited, and she's told me a lot of great stuff about you. So I feel very fortunate to be speaking with you today. Okay, great. Only thing I really need you to do is to not think about not think about what you're saying to me or what you're hearing or if you can remember it because afterwards the show's archived and you can listen to it at your leisure and re listen to it as many times as you need to. Perfect. Okay. So um so there's kind of an interesting intro because we know we I know as a result of listening to Emily's dream that your life story is very similar to her story because she sees you as being like her. So there's that hook there between the two of you, so I know that part of your story. But describe to me the weather in your area today. The weather in my area um, is pretty rainy, um, a little cloudy. Um, you you meant like legitimate weather, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you know, like uh, how's the weather today? You know, like yeah, that kind of the, polite thing that we do with people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the weather um, is not that great. Um, it's not horrible. It's, a, it's actually stopped raining. I just looked outside, but um, pretty gloomy, a little cloudy. Uh, not the best for Orange County. Okay. So I- interesting, interesting. First thing I pick up about you is is that you came from a family that placed a great deal of priority on education, training, and finding placement in the world. And your primary um, commentary, if I were to talk to you at depth, it would be about the fact that you really did not feel as if 
you're under, you still don't really feel as if you're understood by your father. That was the first impression I got that it was your father, but it could be your mother. Um, feel as if you were raised in a, a household where, you know, basically there was a, a an authority figure. There really wasn't any discussion. That was the way things were done. And you place a great deal of emphasis on education, training, and finding your place in the world. And I think one of your fears, so to speak, is that you would get involved in the wrong sort of relationship for yourself and it would take you off track from achieving your goal. So you have a tendency to choose people that it's not too hard for you to walk away from. You choose somebody that, you know, if it doesn't turn out to be just exactly perfect, you can just sort of walk away and protect yourself, your heart, from being harmed in this relationship. So you've set up some interesting uh you set up some interesting ways to conduct your life that have left you protected, but something has happened recently that is challenging you to look at the emotional side of how you've lived your life and what you want in your life. And so you're working hard now to make some changes. Yeah, pretty spot on, I'd say. <laughs> okay. So do you, can you talk about any part of that? I gave you a lot of material. Talk about one piece of that, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're right in the sense of um, I set very clear-cut boundaries. Um, so I, I tend to keep my distance from people. Um, but it's okay. Wow, I'm, I'm sorry for getting emotional. But um, no, it's good to get emotional and let it out. It's okay. Recently, I've gone through a very bad breakup um, of about five years. Um, and it's okay. it's left me in, in a lot of different emotions. I feel lost more than anything. It's not um, sadness and heartbreak. I just I feel lost within myself. Um, okay. Primarily because I feel um, I'm realizing I have a lot of like um, unresolved resentment for ways for like the years this relationship has taken place and. Um, places where I should have held my ground or acted differently. So I think in a lot of ways, it's not even resentment towards the other person. It's resentment towards myself and the um, situations and um, situations I've placed my life in or priorities that I chose. So um, I just feel... I'm sorry? I'm going to interrupt, interrupt you. So, so here's, where, here's what's going on. I'm going to I'm going to cut right to the chase cuz that's what I do. So let's just say that you remained in this relationship and you formed a life, you bought a house and had children and formed a career and then you found out 15 years into the relationship that there were all these warning signs along the road and that you hadn't listened to them and now you're 15 years in and you've got a lot at stake. You've got your whole life t- tied up with this person. How do you feel? I mean, how do you really, really feel? I mean... Oh, at that point, devastated, um, which is why it's been about it's been about six months since the breakup, and I would argue that the first couple of months were actually easier because that's, that's what I sensed. Um, I felt like a weight had been lifted, and I felt very grateful, and I felt gratitude because it was like, I'm not married. I'm not tied to this person. I don't have children. Um, I don't have the okay. house. I don't have the mortgage, that stuff. Um, so I, I definitely find okay. a lot of sense of gratitude in, in that. Um, but more so than just anything about the person, I just, I feel lost in my everyday life today. Okay. So that's, I'm going to tell you something. It, it feels really painful and it, it feels really difficult, but it's a good thing that you're not holding on and living your life for this other person anymore. The reason that you're so lost is because you ended up in a codependent dynamic with this individual where you surrendered what was important, valuable, and what was in your heart in order to try and please this other person. And in the end, what happened was is that um, this person was unable to connect deeply with you and honor their commitment to you. So the agony you're experiencing, and it is agony, it's a type of madness to have your heart broken this way, is from the feeling of having surrendered yourself to such an extreme. Exactly, and I I think you're spot on with that because um, like you touched on in the beginning of the call, I don't 
I don't let people in too easily. I have like very clear boundaries. So it's easier. It's easy for me to, you know, cut a relationship or a friendship off cold turkey when I feel like it's no longer good for me or no longer serves me or I'm no longer aligned with that person. But I think with this, it's just a very strong sense of abandonment because I didn't do that with this relationship. I, it, I it, you're, you were right about like fully giving my heart over and, and feeling the heartbreak today. So if it's abandonment, if because I'm not convinced, I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not convinced, but if it's abandonment, it would have to be that this relationship with this person was like a person from who took care of you as a child, like your mother or your father. So was this person like your mother or like your father? No, neither. Um, I haven't known him for That's longer not. than five years. Yeah, huh. It's really not possible. We don't choose people that are different than our family. We choose people that are like our family. If we don't see it, that's the reason you feel abandoned is, is because you, you're angry about the fact that he didn't fulfill what you wanted him to fulfill for you for the future. Got it. I think I may have misunderstood you in the sense of, like, would I compare him to my mother or my father? Yes. He's very, very similar to my mother. Uh-huh, yeah. I married my mother many times. But anyway, um, that's that, that, uh, such a funny thing because I think, I think that's kind of a German thing to do. It's not funny. It's a joke, but it's really not funny. Um, yeah, that's, that's where the abandonment comes from, okay? But I really want to encourage you to find a therapist, a counselor, um, a 12-step group. I want you to work hard to get past this hurdle you're at this place at six months, it's because it's brought something else up. It is not just the original issue. So, um, But I will tell you, just as a psychic, I will tell you that come the end of May, you're going to take and find yourself involved in something very new, something brand new, something emotionally fulfilling. It is not a relationship to begin with, but it could turn into one <clears throat> if you can get out of your own way and make this connection with this person but I really would like to see you um, put the effort into um, doing some form of um, therapy, some form of therapy, counseling, therapy, 12-step group. Um, you know, I really want to see you make those changes in your life. You're destined for greatness. I don't say that. I never say that easily. You're destined for greatness. Don't squander it. Okay? And you're welcome to call me anytime you like. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time today. Oh, you're very welcome. Have a good have a good rest of the day. Thank you so much. You too. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Great conversation. Great conversation. Um, great conversation. Great honesty. Great directness. Great ability to take and process a lot of material. And um, I have to say that I can actually, I can actually, you know, it's so rare. Um, it's so rare that I actually tell somebody um, that they're destined for greatness. <clears throat> There's like a blessing that happens for the person who recognizes the greatness in the other individual and can spot it and can feel it and can sense it. Um, there's a blessing that comes to me for doing that. So it's kind of an interesting uh, karmic equation. So... Um, I'm hoping that this is Katharina. Katharina. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Happy spring equinox. Oh, yes! Oh, let's do it. <laughs> so we talked a little bit last time about, uh, you know, entering Aries season which officially starts today, um, and that marks uh, Aries? Yeah, like it has a time when it enters into, um, we're in Pacific Standard. Oh, 8.50 p.m. Mm. Excellent. So, um, yeah, sun enters into Aries at 8.50 p.m., um, but it's noted as the spring equinox when we have... um, equal hours of the night and day. Yes. So 
<clears throat> yeah, good. we talked a lot about Aries season being, um, you know, that time for fresh starts, new beginnings, and new possibilities. And um, so at the same time that we have the spring equinox, we also have Mars in conjunction, <clears throat> excuse me, with Jupiter and Capricorn. Wow. And so, yeah. So, so Jupiter, Jupiter is the, you know, there's, um, there's the three brothers, you know, there's one of the underworld, one of the water, and one of the sky, and the earth is their field that they play the whole story out on. And so Jupiter, and um, Jupiter, Mars, and Capricorn, and so Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, who is Jupiter's father, and Mars is the demigod, and I think that Mars is the demigod of Jupiter. Uh, yeah, so, he, yeah, Mars is uh, recognized as a god, um, but he's the son of, of Jupiter, and he okay. is the god of war, but we recognize him in astrology as um, energy and um, just that uplifting, forceful energy. So with those with Mars and Jupiter conjuncting um, in Capricorn, uh, the drive during this early, as we start spring, is going to be um, just forceful and realistic and more forceful and more realistic than usual. And I think that probably has a lot to do with what's, everything that's happening um, in our world right now, which, uh, you know, you and I have discussed is is what we're seeing as a result of that Saturn-Pluto conjunction that occurred in Capricorn back on January 12th. So I'm hoping we can talk a little bit about that today because that seems to be kind of what's on everyone's mind is this, um, you know, uh, pandemic. Yeah, let's let's talk about it in um, spiritual terms. You know, um, <clears throat> I think people people kind of get focused and think that, you know, it's something bad. And I, I think that how you think about it, how you feel about it, could make it an experience of either a neutral experience or a good experience or a bad experience. And it could be met with a lot of fear. I recommend safety. I recommend caution. I, I recommend, you know, checking in on the news once a day. But I think that what's happened here in this situation is is that the worst of the process occurred during retrograde and the miscommunication changed the focus of what was really important and people, you know, misunderstood what they needed to do to protect themselves. But the Yeah, Pluto, absolutely. I mean absolutely and and uh conjunctions are usually um you know, a positive connection, right? They're not always, but I mean, they usually are a, a positive connection. And, um, you know, in the astrology community, I think Pluto kind of gets a bad rap, but um, I don't know. I always view it as a planet of death and rebirth and, you know, rising from the ashes. We are more powerful and able to transcend, you know, the lessons that we learn and, and advance. Right. Um, well, that's that's okay if you're okay with death and rebirth. If you're willing to die and you surrender and you believe that you'll be reborn and that it will be more intensely magical and that the process of rebirth will have is a valid process. But if you believe in numbers, statistics, and <laughs> uh, mass thinking, then you're not going to get much progress out of that process. So let, let's sort of break it down. So it's Saturn conjunct Pluto. Is that right? That happened on January 12th, that's right. And how long does that last? So it doesn't, um, <clears throat> Saturn, I, I believe Pluto conjuncts with Jupiter uh, later in the month, and then okay. Saturn moves into Aquarius on the 21st, so coming up. Okay, good. So once we so Saturn is breaking free of restriction. It is um, the father of Jupiter, so it breaks free. To break free of Saturn, you have to break free of restriction, confinement, and self-imprisonment. And so Saturn is the, the sign of self-imprisonment. 
And when you think about it, we have to change our thinking about how we handle the problems that are associated with potential death. Um, we really have to change how we handle that process. It can't be about, you know, people hoarding toilet paper. I mean, honestly, I've never <laughs> understood the story of the hoarding of the toilet paper. I mean, like, okay, guys, I guess it's a new insulation material. You can build a house with it. I don't get it. But anyway, um, way off topic with people doing that. So <laughs> the, 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 the true point is, is that what is... You need to learn how to wash your hands. I didn't know I wasn't washing my hands correctly. I went and sat down and I looked at the video and I, I've watched it maybe four times now. And every time I say, oh, I, I didn't do that step fully. So learn how to wash your hands. So that would be the most important piece of advice that I would give you. And that is, is and also to follow the directions that you're given by your community, your area, and what the suggestions are. So, um, but... Saturn is really about self-imprisonment. And if there is ever a moment in history where people are practicing self-imprisonment, we call it self-isolation. Boy, that is really true here. But um, Pluto, Pluto often brings things, allows things to die. Um, and that's a different kind of idea than saying that it's your time to die. It's, it's you know, it's always, it's always open. You choose when you die. Um, but obviously there were some people that, you know, really did not want to stay. And that's kind of a painful sort of comment to make. But tell me more about another. So what's the re what are the religious um, viewpoints that celebrate the um, New Year cycle? The religious, uh, you mean as far as like the spring equinox? Yes. Um, I mean, we have, well, Easter comes up a little later. Um, in, the we have in, the zodiac, in the Zodiac, it's the, it's the beginning of the new year. It's, it's the new year cycle, right? Aries yeah, we talked year. about that last time, entering into Aries season, being the start of the Zodiac, um, okay. and being that, that start. Yeah, so start of the new year, new beginnings. Okay, um, Easter? Easter is um, part of that celebration. What's another religious holiday that's part of that celebration? Uh, so you have Persian New Year that centers around the spring equinox. Um, I mean, yeah, it's always a time of just um, renewal, I think. We all, you know, we all follow those spring cleaning and getting ready for growth and um, I mean <clears throat> that is a lot of the things that they're suggesting to uh, do while we're in this isolation mode is right to, to go and do those deep cleans and do those projects around the house and if you look at it we really are being given a lot of time a lot of time to just go in and self-reflect and um, so I mean it, it is all about your mindset I know that a lot of people are looking at it as this is just some nice downtime to get some things that you haven't been able to get done. You can get to those things. Um, it's it's more peaceful. Just the, I mean, introverts have been preparing for this forever, right? I mean, the introverts <laughs> are loving it. So, um, yeah, it's, but yeah, it's, we have time to kind of go and and look at what's what, what's been happening as a whole, right? And how how we're dealing with it, and then. Um, you know, it's it's allowing for a new path. It's clearing a new way. It, it has some tension. It has some clashes of power and um, destruction maybe. But, you know, everything comes about at a rebirth, right? So I think um, it is, like you said, just about your mindset. And, and maybe it gives people a mindset of productivity, things that they can do. I mean, a lot of parents are home with their children. Maybe that sparks a new relationship or a new insight into how uh, they interact with their children. I mean, it definitely has given me, a, as you know, a younger person, um, just my awareness of being around others, right? I don't want to, I, I may be conscious of my own health, but just making sure that I'm conscious of other people's health and how I affect them. So, I, I don't know. I like it as a time of... Uh, inward reflection. Okay. I'm going to set aside the pandemic con conversation. I think that's a, I think it's a good piece of um, insight. 
Um, okay, so what happened? So Pluto go Pluto and Jupiter go into conjunction on the 29th of March. So okay, so, um, so what? Please. Yeah. Pluto, Pluto, and Jupiter are brothers. Okay, so um, Pluto is the ruler of the underworld, and uh, Greek term is Hades, Roman term is Pluto, and um, so whenever we see the two brothers, whenever we see the brothers join up, we see it to be more powerful because they come from the same mother and father. They um, basically are two into two gods, one of them rules the sky, the other one rules the underworld. So so tell me which direction the conjunct goes. Does the conjunct go Pluto to Jupiter, or does it go Jupiter to Pluto? Uh, I do not have that. I think it goes Pluto into Jupiter. Okay. So it, it makes a difference which way it goes, because it tells us, you know, which part is more dominant. So it says that um, the things that have fallen from the sky are um, are able to take and enter into the cycle of death and rebirth. So the things that have fallen from the sky, meaning seemingly out of the um, air, land, and instead of taking and entering into another phase or a point of development or something like that, no, they actually enter directly into the cycle of death and rebirth. So... And my interpretation of that process is, is that um, if there's anybody who went through this process of going through the pandemic and was really still undecided about the process or they had long-lasting health conditions, they possibly could continue on the path of death and rebirth as the result after this point in time. So how long does that cycle go on for? Let's see. <clears throat> I think it goes until June. Jupiter will form. You know what? I didn't pull up all my information on that Pluto-Jupiter conjunction, so I don't want to give anyone listening any misinformation and try to guess at it. Okay, that's fine. So let's, so let's talk about that next time because it does happen on the 29th and... Your next show will happen before that, so we can talk about that. Okay, good. So what, okay, so Pluto, underworld, Jupiter in the sky. So, you know, there's still still a part of this process that concludes. What does that speak of for us as people? It speaks of us being willing to take and understand that our prayers are answered we may not necessarily see that our prayers are answered because it looks like it's created difficulty, but uh, God never says no. God always says yes. And when we ask for our prayers to be answered, the answer we get might mean that we have more work to do. We have to let go of something. Something within us has to be willing to die in order to be reborn. I kind of have a different astrology feature and that I'm really comfortable with death and rebirth you know, seeing parts of myself die and seeing how they're reborn. Not everybody's that comfortable. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's difficult. Change is always difficult, right? Um, but that's that's all it is, essentially, is, is change. Um, but, it, it, again, it's we're at the spring equinox today, so it's a good time for change and, and new beginnings and just this new... I mean, I, I was like springtime and new growth and the new babies and all of that. So, yeah. Fabulous. We're down to the down to the very end here. So, I'm Katrina. Thanks for the great astrology. Absolutely fabulous. Thank you. Good in-depth view of it. Um, call in number is 206-806-9965. My personal number is 714-473-84. And this has been a conversation with the deep psychic and we're doing the deep reading and we are connecting you to your soul join us next time it has been a really great show exciting interesting emotional and definitely very challenging have a great day thank you so much become a goldilocks productions vip patron receive exclusive access to live stream special and other epic packs join the goldilocks productions vip community today
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.